Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kate Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Ew! Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast, where it's our goal to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. I'm your host, Michelle. You can find me on Twitter at Ball Blastem, Ball Blast E-M. And you can find me, Kate, at FF Ball Blast. And I'm Jake. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge with a W. Jake, why are you so sad? Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. I am sad because my heart has been ripped out of its chest by a man named Devante Adams, and it's been thrown across the country all the way to Las Vegas. It's not good. So currently, we're looking at the Packers wide receiver depth chart, and um, I'm guessing most people like don't know any of these guys, right? Like unless you're a hardcore fantasy football player or a big time Packers fan like do 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 people really know who Alan Lazard is who Amari Rogers is Uh, I guess you've heard of Randall Cobb likely most people have but like he's 900 years old at this point Chris Blair Juwan Winfrey Rico Gafford I don't even know if these guys are technically even still on the roster but that's the point like that's the best it gets those are the guys like what are the Packers going to do because Aaron Rodgers is not going to go into the year with these as his wide receivers. Like, there's no way. But also, like, so the whole point of giving Aaron Rodgers this contract was to keep the team in contention to win. And now he has nobody to throw the ball to. And, I mean, say you utilize those two first-round picks on one of the baller wide receivers in this class – you still have a rookie wide receiver that's probably not going to put you in contention to win a Super Bowl. People what point to doing? Jamar Chase, but A, there's no Jamar Chase in this class. There's a lot of good wide receivers, but no one as good as Jamar Chase as a prospect. And it's not like they're picking top five like the Bengals were or top ten. They're likely to get one of these guys, like maybe the third wide receiver off the board if they're lucky maybe it could be the fourth so yeah a a lot of eggs in one basket here if they're just counting on a rookie but there's some free agents still left jake who would you like to see there with the packers of the wide receivers left well look if Devontae has to be with the raiders then the next best option on that crew because you just listed those names and they're not inspiring names we have the best uh, wide receiver blocker in the league in Alan Lazard, <laughs> which will really help. So you need somebody who's a little bit more all-purpose. And the top name that I can think of is Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah. If he went to the Packers, it would satiate me a little bit. But it's going to have to be more than just him still to fill the gap. So maybe a combo of him and Jarvis Landry. I don't know. It's still not amazing, I don't think. But it's, it's the best option out there. 
Yeah, and I think if you got Juju, you'd be all right because he's going to be, I mean, Devontae Adams is getting a five-year, $141 million deal, $28 million a year, which apparently the Packers offered him, and he said, no, I still went out, which is kind of crazy. Um, he just must not like it there with Rodgers, which can you blame him? We don't like him either. I'm Devante. confused, though, because the relationship between these two, it always seemed like they wanted to, like, continue playing. Yeah, well. It seemed like personally they had a good relationship, and I thought they were ride or die, but I guess it's just die. I think Juju could have <laughs> easily a, over a 1,000-yard season with Aaron Rodgers. I think he'd be a great pickup for them. And then, like I said, it, it's not – there's no Jamar Chase in this draft class, but there are a lot of really good wide receivers in it. Like easily someone you can get there that will be form in year one. Uh, it just depends on who falls to them. Like if they could grab Garrett Wilson, that would be massive. Like I, I think they're in a great spot there. If they now have pick 22, cause they have the Raiders first round pick. If you grab Garrett Wilson, if he falls there, unlikely, that would be amazing. They might be looking at uh Traylon Burks, a little bit more raw, or Chris Olave would be a great pickup for them. Like, there's plenty of options. Maybe they take a wide receiver with both first round picks. I think that could be an option as well. It could, but again, it would be uncharacteristic. I don't know. Two, they could move up for once in their damn lives. Actually, move up into the draft now that you have this extra capital to get closer to the top of the first round, and that would be useful. But I just don't see that, you know, historically, it's never happened. So we'll just have to see. Yeah, and we'll have to talk more about the Packers once they actually figure out their wide receiver room. We'll see how this hurts Aaron Rodgers. Like, obviously, right now, this would make me not want to touch Aaron Rodgers in fantasy. But let's see what they do. Let's see who they bring in. Let's see who they draft. And we'll talk about that more as the offseason progresses. But now let's move over to the Raiders side then. Because... I mean, we they have this history here. Derek Carr and Devontae Adams, they played together at school at Fresno State. They They're were, roomies now? They were amazing. Neighbors, not roommates. I was That's like, weird. I was confused. <laughs> they were amazing together at Fresno State. Like, Devontae Adams led the FBS in receiving yards those two years. Derek Carr led the FBS in passing yards and passing touchdowns those two years. Uh, so do they you know reconnect and all of a sudden the fire is right back where it started like what do we think here with Adams in in Las Vegas it obviously boosts up Derek Carr like I don't care what anybody thinks there this is the most ideal situation for Derek Carr so assuming that Darren Waller now comes back and is healthy and is the same Darren Waller that we saw not last year but the year before now he has two amazing weapons and he used to be, Carr used to be like the fringe QB1 that you could get in the way back of your draft. And he was kind of sneaky, like a Kirk Cousinsy kind of guy. Not attractive, but sneaky and good. Now, I do fear that this is going to drive up his ADP too much, though. And people are going to be looking at him like a top six quarterback, which I don't think is the case. Yeah, I agree. I think this is going to be great for Derek Carr. I think he will have a career year. I just, it depends on his price and fantasy. I'm not paying top eight quarterback because A, he doesn't run, right? And we all want those rushing quarterbacks. And let's see how many touchdowns he can throw. We've never seen him have this like massive touchdown year. Devontae Adams should help that. Um, but also like if his price gets too high, I'm going to pass. But this is great for him. I don't think this hurts Adams really either. Obviously, you prefer Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. 
But I the Raiders throw more than the Packers do. So volume should be plenty there. Like, I think he's going to have a great year. Maybe touchdowns are down, but that's it. Yeah, Derek Carr ranked fifth in pass attempts, fourth in completions, uh, fifth in passing yards last season. So I think all of all of that's going to uh, remain pretty stable. But Jake, you're right. Like I think the presence of Devonte Adams alone is probably going to drive up the price. Though we're probably not going to see much of an increase in production because I mean he he's already kind of capped out ish or close to capped out as a passer, I think. Devontae Adams makes you a better football player, but from a fantasy standpoint, I... He should throw more touchdowns. I think that's where it will change. Because I don't think he's capped out with touchdowns whatsoever. He had 15 top 24 weeks, 15 out of 17, so the floor has been pretty safe for Derek Carr. Is it hard at, like, top 24 weeks? I mean, there's only 32 starting quarterbacks. But in a, in a super flex So you're league, just not a bottom eight quarterback. Uh, he had Good job. six top 12 weeks. Uh, so, again, not, like, super stellar, but, I mean, didn't hurt you a lot either. Um, I think he's a nice QB, too, to have in a super flex league. What I really want to talk about, though, is Darren Waller. Darren Waller, I think, is, like, the biggest hit across the board because he benefited so much from the volume of not having a viable wide receiver one and Devonte Adams fills that hole. Sure. I, I agree with you. I think his targets will go down, but we saw last year defenses started being like, Oh, well all you have is Darren Waller and we know you love him and we know you're going to target him a million times. They started bracketing him and Darren Waller was games were pretty bad. I mean, he, they would put like three guys on this dude because it's all he had. Now he should be more open. Like I'm not as worried about Darren Waller. His efficiency should go, should go way up. His volume will go down. Um, what do you think, Jake? I'm afraid that what we're going to wander into this season is boom or bust weeks for both of these guys. Where I do think that it's just it's dependent entirely on the defense, and they're going to have to choose eventually to shut one of these guys down and double team one of these guys. And if Hunter Renfro sticks around there, I actually think he's a low key beneficiary here because if he could be the forgotten man a little bit, and he obviously has done very well in spurts there. But I'm a little bit worried about the consistency of both Adams and Waller going into next year. Yeah, I I think this might drive down Waller's price, though, too, which will be nice. It's very much like the Chiefs situation, right, with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. And a lot of the times you do have, like, a big game from one and maybe not as big game, like, from week to week. But you don't really mind because you have those big games. And I'm still down on Waller. And if this drives down his price, it's only better in my mind. Right? No? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, top four tight end still, no matter what. So besides this Devontae Adams news that we got right before we were about to record, like it's been a pretty lackluster week when it comes to fantasy players, fantasy relevant players actually signing in free agency. Like it's such slow news, but we had some slight quarterback movement. I mean, we talked about... Russell Wilson last week, we talked about Aaron Rodgers, but we're still waiting on that Deshaun Watson trade. Apparently, he's now going to take the weekend to make up his mind, which is just dragging out. I feel like it's dragging out so many other pieces. We're not going to hear about Jimmy Garoppolo's movement. We're not going to hear about Baker Mayfield's movement. Matt Ryan, possibly, if he chooses Atlanta. 
So many things being dragged out. Jameis Winston signing somewhere. And then maybe it's up, like Will Fuller might not be signing places because they're waiting to see where Watson goes. It could be all of these players just, you know, just waiting and hanging on there. But we got Tr- Mitch Trubisky news. That was the big quarterback news of the week. He is now the starting quarterback for the Steelers. Jake, you're giggling over there. Let's hear your thoughts about this because obviously Kate and I, you know, are biased. So you go first. What I have to ask, and I'm I'm going to present my opinion very briefly, but then I want to turn it around on the two of you. So what I think is that Mitch Trubisky, of all of the available basket of quarterbacks that they could have grabbed, is one of the worst three for real football because he's going to be just good enough to win you guys like eight games but he's not going to be good enough I don't think to carry into the playoffs and it sets up the team I think really poorly for the following year I'd rather have them you know if I'm talking like real NFL ride in with Mason Rudolph and just tank the season for the following year this puts him in a weird limbo spot For fantasy, I'm really curious for you two because I recall there was faith in Mitch Trubisky before he signed with the Steelers, which I did not share. (laughs) But do you still have the faith now that he's on your beloved Steelers? Listen, if I can trade him and get back anything really worthwhile, like if I'm talking fantasy or real life? Yeah, fantasy, fantasy. We're talking fantasy first. Well, it's all about fantasy, right? I I do like this signing as a Steelers fan. I think it was the best available option out there. We don't have to get into all those reasons, but I think with how cheap he comes, so much flexibility comes with this. They can still draft a quarterback if he falls to 20 if they want to, or if a guy falls in the second round, like they can move, you know, not even move on, but you can draft a guy and then have Mitch kind of start while he works his way into the NFL because this class is brutal. Like, not good. They're not ready to start anytime soon. But also, I think they should just try it out with Mitch, see see what happens here. He was – I think he's shown talent at times. Kate, let's – because I have a little bit here. So let's hear your thoughts first, and then I'll get into mine more. I mean, Mitch Trubisky, I think, just opens up things a little bit for the run game. He – is a mobile quarterback. Uh, We know he's like, that's not necessarily where his game is centered, but he can move around the pocket. He can escape the pocket, which is so much of what the barrier was for Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers. I think over the last couple of years, you had to get the ball out so quickly. You, your wide receivers couldn't get down the field because if Ben Roethlisberger couldn't escape uh, any, any sort of pressure, then the play was over. Mitch Trubisky, I think, gives you the luxury of time uh, in in terms of him getting, uh, you know, a a play down the field. You have Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris. I think this is arguably uh, the best offense that Mitch Trubisky has played in. I think we'd we'd say that easily. With with the best coach. um, I I just think that, you know, across the board, uh, I think he – he opens things up and I'm kind of excited to see where that heads. But I mean, in terms of his fantasy production, he actually like he had some big boom weeks in his 2018 season, which uh, was back when he took them riding off into the playoffs with this uh, defense heavy team. Three or sorry, four performances of 30 or more fantasy points in that season. 
And like well more than 30. He had a 35, a 40, and a 47, and then a 31. So the ceiling is high. Um, You know, a quarterback three or worse than 21% of his games, which isn't great. But I I think we might see an interesting ceiling for Mitch Trubisky, and he might be a guy that's on a lot of my best ball teams, but – we need to see how the yes. ADP settles out. Best ball would be better because I do think like they're, the offense is still going to run through Najee Harris. So I like this move for Najee Harris a lot. I think it opens up the offense. They're able to do – they only did play action on 12% of plays last year. That was bottom of the league. So there was just no space in that offense. I mean, good Lord, Ben couldn't move, right? This should open up space. They can be more creative with him. We'll, we'll see what happens there, but also more holes for the – you know, the run game, they upgraded some spots in the offense line. But this is what I want to say about Trubisky. So in 2018, he played 14 games. He was on pace for 3,900 passing yards, 29 pass touchdowns. That's that's okay. Like, I'll take that. In 2019, he came into the season already with a hurt right shoulder. Then a couple weeks into the season in September, he dislocated his left shoulder and tore his labrum, and he had to wear a harness all year long. That season sucked. I'm not even going to try to – he sucked in 2019. But then in 2020, in the eight full games he played, it's half a season, not much, but a whole half a season, he was on pace for 4,100 pass yards and 32 pass touchdowns. So it's like Ben last year only had 3,700 yards and 20 touchdowns. So there is room here to grow. I think Deontay Johnson's plenty safe. Like I think he'll have a good year again. What are your thoughts on Deontay Johnson? I I don't think he can have better volume than he's had over the last couple of years, but it is just a simple trade-off of volume for efficiency, and I think you're going to like what you're going to get out of the efficiency. Anytime you have a mobile quarterback who's actually decent at throwing the ball as well, it's going to benefit a guy like Deontay Johnson. So I don't hate it. I just don't see the needle going up or down. So I think if people out there in your dynasty leagues, for example, see the needle going down on Deontay, this would be an opportune time to go trade for him. And Deontay's a guy that's generally undervalued across the board anyway. Yeah. Allen Robinson averaged nearly 75 receiving yards per game with Mitch Trubisky in 2020. Like, was on pace for 1,200 yards in the games he played with him. Like, 154 targets. Like, I'm not, I'm not worried about... Deontay at all I am like Chase Claypool I don't think is going to get any better from what we saw last year like I don't see this match being very nice but Najee Harris should still see plenty of targets um yeah he had Tariq Cohen so you can say that's why he passed to the running back a lot but when Tariq Cohen was out and all he had was David Montgomery there at the end of 2020 David Montgomery saw a ton of targets so I think he just likes targeting the running back position he had eight passing attempts this year, and four of them went to a running back. <laughs> so I think Najee Harris is fine. Uh, he'll do well. Uh, again, I think it's going to look a lot like last year. Take it or leave it. Probably won't be pretty, but if they make the playoffs, they'll probably be a first-round exit, but it is what it is. That's the end of the Steelers talk. Uh, Tyra, <laughs> Tyra Taylor to the Giants is really isn't a, a thing unless he somehow beats out Daniel Jones um, and then that's what I'm afraid of. Yes, I'm afraid he's going to beat out Daniel Jones, and then we're going to be stuck with this entire wasteland. At, not as if it's great right now, but like every fantasy valuable or potentially fantasy valuable giant right now is going to take a complete dump. I just looked up. I was just curious. Tyrod Taylor, his maximum yards per game. 
game is 216, and that was his basically his first full starting season with the Bills, and it's only gone down from there. Like, it would be a disaster for all parties involved. It would be so bad, and you know my love for Kadarius Tony. So this would be just – I'm hoping this pushes Daniel Jones. Like, I don't even think Daniel Jones is a good quarterback, but hopefully this pushes him a little bit, that he has some competition behind him. Um, we're just seeing right now that Kentucky is might lose um, in the tournament, which the I have. Round I have them madness. winning. I have them winning the tournament in my only bracket. I did, so my bracket's screwed. Uh, so that 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 upset me more than hearing about Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> it's fine, uh, but yeah, hopefully Daniel Jones can hold on to this job because Tyrod Taylor is not going to do anything with these guys. Running backs, really, I mean, we haven't heard of many signings at all. We got James Conner staying with Arizona and Chase Edmonds leaving Arizona to go to Miami. I think this is good that they're separating. Really great news for James Conner. Touchdowns to still be there. Maybe not his 500 he scored this year, but he should still have plenty of touchdown opportunities. Now he should be used more as a receiver all year long. Uh, so I love that. Thoughts on James Conner? I think people are going to be mad at themselves when they go, well, he can't score 500 touchdowns again <laughs> like he did last year. And they're going to, I don't think that they're going to raise him up the draft boards like they should be. And because exactly what you said, like the targets are going to be there, presumably, unless they add some amazing dynamo at a, as a pass catcher in the backfield. He's going to get the targets now, which will balance out any drop in those touchdowns. Which, by the way, I don't think the drop in touchdowns is going to be as much as people expect. Like, double digits still very much on the table for him. Yeah, he's always been a great goal line back, and the Cardinals score. So if they get down there, I mean, we saw them take the ball out of— We were like, oh, Kyler Murray's going to steal all those touchdowns. It's like, oh, no, actually James Conner stole those touchdowns from Murray— Murray can't stay healthy, so they're not going to keep wanting to run him near the goal line where he's going to get hit. Like, I, I think James Conner is going to score plenty. Uh, big thing is James Conner also has to stay healthy. And I think a big reason why he stayed healthy for longer than usual last year is because Chase Edmonds was taking half of that backfield. I don't know if he can handle a full workload. Kate, what are your thoughts on Conner? I don't think he can handle a full workload for an entire season, but – I mean, I think as long as he's touching the ball, he's going to be an incredible asset. But I just can't picture this being the last move that the Cardinals make at running back. I, like, I feel like there has to be another low-key signing. I don't know. It, it's not rocket science that James Conner can get injured from time to time. So – we all agree on James Conner. He's going to be a value in this year's draft. Uh, Chase Edmonds, though, he goes to Miami. People are pumped. Um, I don't really know why, but are, are you one of those people who are pumped for Chase Edmonds in Miami? I'm not pumped. Pumped is, is an egregious word to use in this situation. <laughs> what I like is that the Dolphins are continuing this trend of good but not great you know, backfield pass catchers that will be useful in full PPR leagues. Like, let's not forget that Lamar Miller had a couple of really amazing seasons there. I mean, we're going a little bit further back here, but he was the RB9 and the RB4 way back in 2014, 2015. And Kenyon Drake, as much as we all like to poo-poo Kenyon Drake, was also really effective in this backfield. 
he's the same type of guy. I'm not super excited for him, but I do think having him as your RB2, RB3 is completely fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, so Kenyon Drake was even, the, what, it wasn't during, I mean, I guess they have a brand new coaching staff this year anyways, um, but what was that, like three coaching staffs ago at this point? I I don't know. I just I don't love this for Chase Edmonds because they also brought in Raheem Mostert, which he has familiar ties with Mike Daniels, um, the new coach of the Dolphins. He used to be the uh, uh, offensive coach in San Fran. So Raheem Mostert's a more talented running back than Chase Edmonds. It depends on Mostert can stay healthy, but I, I think if you're going to rely on one guy in your backfield, Mostert's a much better overall running back. I agree. Enjoy those two games yeah. that you get out. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, J.D. McKissick uh, intended to sign with the Bills. We all were like, Oops. hey, Antonio Gibson's free. And then he was like, nah, never mind. I'm going back to Washington. <laughs> so um, Antonio Gibson, 80 targets lasted for about five seconds. Uh, now he's going to sit on that bench during third downs and two-minute drills again, likely. Um, does, like... Were you pumped? I keep using that word. Um, let's try to find another word. Were you thrilled uh, about Antonio Gibson for a half a second, or were you still thinking that they would just bring in someone else? I was enthralled at the idea that he would become a pass catcher like he was in college, uh, you know, being a wide receiver and whatnot. Uh, but no, that was dashed really quickly. I'm really curious because Kate is like big time J.D. McKissick truther out here as, as much as a person can be so are you really <laughs> thrilled are you as enthralled that he has come back now jd mcsmooches i think we mean mckissick <laughs> jd smooches sure McSmooches. why not i'm just having a meltdown about this kentucky game it's really <laughs> all like can you guys just chat the rest of the time and uh, yeah. i'm gonna cry uh, for those of you listening who aren't big march madness people i'm sorry but uh, Kentucky is about to throw all March Madness brackets out of the window. I had them winning it all. Yeah, lots of people did. Uh, anyway, JD McKissick, I'm like I'm just as excited for him. I'm just as concerned about Antonio Gibson. I don't know how many times I can say it. Like, if they wanted to make him a featured pass catcher, they would do so. Like, regardless of whether or not JD McKissick is there. I don't think they want to make him a featured pass catcher. I agree. I agree with you. He is risky. Let's move on to the wide receivers. We talked about Devontae Adams. That was the biggest one. Uh, again, not a lot of wide receivers have signed that are going to make a fantasy impact, but we had Allen Robinson to the Rams, a wild landing spot. I don't think any of us would have guessed that one. He got a decent deal. Three years, $45 million, $30 million guaranteed. Interesting, too, because we thought OBJ was a lock to head back to L.A. I feel like he would have been if he didn't tear his ACL. And now that happened, and he'll probably just have to wait it out. So Robert Woods with Cooper Cup last year, before he tore his ACL, he had decent games. I mean, he only had a couple big games. Most of them were kind of just in the low teens there. But he did all right, right? So I wouldn't want to draft Allen Robinson like super high. But if he got the Robert Woods role, then I would be like, cool. But the thing is, it's going to be Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, and Robert Woods. Is there room for all three? Like, no, right? 
there's too much overlap with them. This is not like if they just added a pure speedster or something, then you're like, well, okay, great. We know how they plan to utilize these three. I, I have no clarity on how they're all going to be utilized. The one thing that I was hanging my hat on with Robert Woods was like, okay, when he was healthy, you mentioned for those nine games. Yeah, they weren't inspiring, but he was, you know, a fringe top 12 guy. I think he was the wide receiver 12 right before he went down. Like they were figuring out a way to utilize those two guys really well together with Matt Stafford. And now, of course, OBJ probably not coming back until... November, it sounds like, is going to be the earliest time he's healthy. If they do still sign him, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going... What am I supposed to do with this team already with Allen Robinson there? And then if OBJ somehow comes back, it's going to be a mess. I'm uh, I'm scared. I'm still fine with Cooper Cup, though. I still think he's the clear-cut wide receiver one. Matthew Stafford loves him. Like I still think he's not going to put up 1,800 yards and whatever many touchdowns he did like last year, but I, I'm still fine with him being the first wide receiver off the board in 2022 and like redraft leagues. Ooh. Would you okay. not? No. I was about to ask if you were comfortable drafting him in the first round oh. at this point, and you've definitely just uh, laid that to waste. So I'm not. All I right. mean, Allen Robinson, we've seen have good years, but we've also seen him disappear a bunch. I mean, last year he literally did nothing. He didn't even look like a good wide receiver on the field. He wasn't trying. I think that changes with the Rams. Um, do you think they move on from Robert Woods? Like, I, it doesn't make sense to me to have Allen Robinson and Robert Woods. Yeah, it's a weird overlap, but I don't know where you move a guy like that to. At this point, also dealing with his old, his own injury, I'm sure his market value is pretty low, so I don't know what they would get in return. But yeah, I mean, I would like it just A, for Robert Woods. I want to see him prevail. And two, I want clarity to this depth chart. And that's probably the only way we would get it. They would still owe him $12 million, even if they traded him or cut him. So likely it's going to be mm. these three guys. I, I get wanting three wide receivers there. It is wild that you're paying three wide receivers, though. And I cannot believe Cooper Cup is not demanding more money because his contract is way too low for what he did, and he's getting old. I'm shocked that he's like, hey, dudes, like, if you want me on this field, pay me. Maybe they draft, or maybe they traded for, sorry, maybe they sign Allen Robinson so they can have some leverage if Cooper Cup does try to, you know, bend him over backwards. All right, let's move on to Christian Kirk. Uh, Jaguars paid him one gazillion dollars. Uh, four years, $72 million, uh, basically a million dollars per like catch he's going to have there because uh, wild contract. I don't think Christian Kirk is a very good wide receiver. I think he's fine. Like he's a nice wide receiver three on a team. Like if the Rams were to sign Christian Kirk, that would have made sense to me. He would have been a really nice wide receiver three for a cheap deal, not for $72 million. Uh, this you're expecting him to be your one at this amount of money. Like he's going to be your most targeted guy. I personally hate it. I don't care to draft him. (laughs) What are your thoughts? (laughs) Let's just, let's talk about him together. It's the Christian Kirk plus Zay Jones show in Jacksonville now. And that's, and that's really weird. And I was, all I was hoping was Trevor Lawrence comes out of free agency with some better weapons than he's had. And that, I don't know, is that the case? Uh, Maybe marginally so. 
it depends on how much you think Christian Kirk is an upgrade from Marvin Jones or LaVisca Chenault. Uh, I don't know. I guess J- Marvin Jones is still going to stick around potentially there. It just seems like they wanted to get bodies on their team and they didn't really care who it was. I hope they have a really good plan in place for him. I don't believe that yet until we can see it. Uh, and and until they move on from LaVisca Chenault, which there's been rumblings that they'll trade him away, which, great, okay. Then I can get more interested in Christian Kirk. But until that happens, uh, gross. What are they going to trade Chenault away, though, for? He's done absolutely nothing in his career. Probably Green Bay. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> what would they get for him? You a, might a as well keep him at the Seventh point. rounder? Like, I don't think any team is giving up more than maybe someone would give up a sixth rounder. I just... It's just, they have all the same guys. Because then they even traded for Evan Ingram. It's like, and he's like a slot guy too. So you have Christian Kirk, LaVisca, Marvin Jones, Evan Ingram. Like everyone just plays the same role. And then you have Travis Etienne, who's also pass catching back, who would be that short yardage dude. You have the same player over and over and over and over and over. They don't have a true X. You would have thought all these guys went to Las Vegas with how much <laughs> slots are up in there. Oh! <laughs> I I just don't get so I think the thing that I was expecting from the Jaguars and free agency was that they would make a move they would make a move to get a true alpha wide receiver one somebody that uplifts the performance of your quarterback Kirk uh, Christian Kirk I just don't think is that guy that you can count on to help lift up your quarterback I no. I don't like I I just the the moves are weird. I mean, we saw Kyler Murray struggle when Christian Kirk was his one, right? Like DeAndre Hopkins goes out. He can't put up the same numbers because he doesn't have a true wide receiver one out there. And then, you know, the Jaguars saw that and they're like, oh, yeah, that's what we want. <laughs> that's what we want as their main guy. <laughs> uh, it makes no sense, but we'll see how it works out. I don't feel like people will actually draft Christian Kirk very high. I think everyone's pretty much in agreement. Like, yuck. And you can say, well, he's Trevor Lawrence's wide receiver one. It's like, well, last year, nobody that played with him was good. So it could happen again. Although Lawrence should be better, it could happen again. Russell Gage to the Buccaneers is actually kind of interesting to me. Three years, $30 million. You're missing the most key part of that entire news article. And it's that Tom Brady called Russell Gage personally and said, hey, Russ, we're building something special. (laughs) Can't do it without you. And he decided to come to Tampa Bay. Talking about a guy that stepped up as a wide receiver one role, Russell Gage stepped up better than Christian Kirk did in the wide receiver one role. And, you know, they get him for less than half the price. But I I love this for them. Obviously, he's no Antonio Brown, but he can fill uh, kind of that role. Like, I think he'll step in there. Tom Brady will probably make him great. Who knows if Chris Godwin will be ready to go with the ACL tear in the beginning of the season. Gage could get plenty of looks. I think he's a really sneaky grab there later in drafts this year. Or if you have him already in Dynasty, like I think he's someone you'll be able to play in your flex uh, in PPR leagues and get away with some viable weeks. Yeah, he's not going to average, of course, the almost 100 yards that he did to wrap out the season with Atlanta as their dominant wide receiver. But, I mean, yeah, look back to Antonio Brown. 
and hopefully this guy will be able to keep his uniform on for the entire season so you'll get to reap the benefits <laughs> all year long instead of just for a chunk of it. Yes, 100%. I think this is just a really sneaky signing, a really good signing by the Buccaneers as well. Of course, of course they do that. Oh, Tom Brady, just living the life right now. DJ Chark goes to the Lions. Um, one year, $10 million. I don't know. I don't know what to think about this. I wanted him to go to a more sexy place, I guess. I really didn't want it to be Detroit. If it's Jared Goff, it might be okay. Like we, we, There was times we were honestly considering plugging in Quintus Cephas and Khalif Raymond because they had good games. And we're like, mm, maybe. The issue is they would like split good games, so you never knew which one to play. Amon Ross St. Brown came on at the end and really just like lit lit the world on fire there with his fantasy points in PPR leagues. What are your thoughts about DJ Chark in Detroit? Do I do I have to have <laughs> thoughts about DJ Chark? Is that a requirement? I don't, I, I I don't know if DJ I can Chark. get there. I know. <laughs> okay, let me let me put a line up here right now. Over under nine hundred yards in twenty twenty two. Under. I will take the under all day long because it's still TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift as the top two passing options there. And then it's Amon Ra St. Brown. It's DJ Chark. It's maybe Quintus Cephas coming back. It's the rest of these guys all fighting for scraps still. Let me say then Amon Ra St. Brown over under 900 yards. He had 912 last year, but he didn't blow up until the end of the season. He basically had like all of those 912 yards at the end of the season. In one game. Right. Uh, so, so you do think the signing hurts him? Well, I think any signing was bound to hurt him. It doesn't matter that it's DJ Chark. It matters is that they went after a free agent that is somewhat of a name. Because the only hope that he had was it's him and literally like scrubs. I'm talking like the scrubbiest of scrubs at wide receiver. That's what Amon Ross St. Brown needed to be relevant, in my opinion. It's not that he's a bad player. It's that... He is third best in this offense. Yeah, I mean, so this is my thing with him on Ross St. Brown. I was not high at him coming out of school. Uh, they, uh, But at the same time, I feel like he is being disrespected because what he did, no matter who was on the field, is impressive because he still had to go up against, you know, the cornerback the ones, and they weren't worried about anyone else. So they really just had to stop St. Brown there, especially when you got to the last few games. They – they knew who he was at that point. They knew he was balling out, and he, he kept balling out, even when defenses were focusing on him. So I do think he was more talented than I gave him credit for, but we have not seen him on the field with literally anybody because when he blew up, there was no Swift, really. He was hurt basically that entire time. Hawkinson was hurt like basically that entire time. So, yeah, it's going to be rough for him because he does need a ton of receptions. He's that kind of guy that needs a ton of receptions to be relevant. Uh, so it, it will hurt him a little bit, but I also don't want DJ Chark. <laughs> so guess he kind of <laughs> just ruins everything. I mean, those are pretty much all of our big signings. We had some tight end deals happen, I guess. We have Zach Ertz back with Arizona. I think that's the best spot for him. Happy to draft him in late rounds if he lands there. He should get touchdowns. He should be fine. CJ Uzama to the Jets. It's your boy. Jake, how do you feel? <laughs> <laughs> Don't call him my boy. I think I projected him in a couple of spot starts last year. I was very high on his 
uh, abilities in certain games. Uh, I, I think going to the Jets, like they just needed somebody. And they also added Tyler Conklin there. I mean, I'm not interested. No. I'm not interested in the Jets' tight end. And no offense to Uzama, but it doesn't do anything for me. And Uzama wasn't very good with the Bengals either. Like, he had some good games. Don't get me wrong. He had some blowout games. But most games were pretty pointless. So, no, I don't want him here. Another pointless tight end, Evan Ingram, goes to the Jaguars. It kills my heart with my Dan Arnold love. Uh, Dan Arnold dies in this trade. But, you know, we saw the Jaguars use a tight end quite a bit last year. Was that just an Urban Meyer love? Uh, you know, he just didn't know how to run a system. He just threw it to the worst player on the field all the time. Or um, is this a Trevor Lawrence thing? He likes his tight ends. I don't know. But Evan Ingram in Jacksonville, is he better than Evan Ingram with the Giants? Anything's better than Evan Ingram with the Giants. I was hoping he'd go to the Chargers, personally. I was like, if there's a landing spot that would be good, actually, for Evan Ingram, it was that. Chargers. That obviously did not happen, and there's still a, uh, yeah, still a vacancy there with the Chargers, unfortunately. But, uh, no, I, I don't want it. You talked about the overlap in the middle of the field. It's going to be 18 guys standing <laughs> in the exact middle of the field waiting for the ball. Literally. And a guy I really wanted to go to the Chargers was O.J. Howard, and now he signed with the Bills, which I don't I don't know what to think because Dawson Knox did really well there last year. Dawson Knox and Josh Allen have this connection. Dawson Knox scores the touchdowns. Are they really going to take him off the field for O.J. Howard? I don't know. Like, I feel like O.J. Howard's kind of just a depth signing for them there. Maybe they do some, you know, two tight end sets where they're both on the field. Possibly, because they did cut Cole Beasley, right? So kind of lacking there mm -hmm. in the wide receiver spot. Maybe, but I think it's going to be split then between Knox and O.J. Howard, and it's not going to be pretty for either of them now. No, I was actually super disappointed by this deal. I thought – I thought O.J. Howard was going to go to the Chargers for sure. And I think they should have scooped him up with the amount of money that he got because he made basically no money. Um, I'm I'm very disappointed, but Dawson Knox, it remains true that he and Josh Allen have all this kind of chemistry in the red zone. Um, I just think it's going to be gross uh, for both of them, but I still prefer Knox by very large margin. I think it's a nice setting for the Bills. Like you put another talented guy out there. Um, I, I think it's good for the Bills. I just don't think it's good. It could even be good for Josh Allen. I just don't think it's good for fantasy, which kind of stinks because Dawson Knox is finally one of those tight ends where you're like, ooh, you can actually start him from week to week. And you don't have a lot of those. So now he's also gone, which sucks. <laughs> uh, Will Disley resigns in Seattle. It doesn't matter. It's just hilarious. I needed to bring it up. Three years, $24 million to Will Disley. Um, a dude that has like 500 yards in his career. Don't quote me on that. I have not looked it up, but just that's just how I feel uh, that he has 500 yards in his career because he's. So if you had, if you had any hope for Noah Fant, that's out, like out the window for you, right? <laughs> yeah. Like if you thought, well, in that trade, right? They traded for Noah Fant, so they gotta like him at some point. No, they don't. You don't think they like Noah Fant? No, why would you resign Will Disley? <laughs> why would you resign Will Disley if you liked Noah? It's not about resigning Will Disley. I'm me. fine with that. Like if you 
like him as a player and you like his character and he's a good locker room guy, but three years, 24, I want to know who was bidding for him. Who out there in the NFL teams was like, you know what, we'll just leave. we'll give you three years, 22 million. And Seattle was like, oh shoot, we had to give three years, 24 million. Like there was no one out there that was going to give more than the vet minimum. I just really believe that, that he probably would have gotten two to three million dollars a year on any other team and he gets eight million dollars here it's you know wild. what this kind of think... reminds me of it it's like when you send a trade offer in your dynasty league and they smash accept like within three seconds and you're like "Ooh, i overpaid like they the, the agent probably replied to the seahawks and we're like are you sure is this <laughs> Was this to the right will? Like, I like it just seems so puzzling. But, I mean, with the fact that Noah Fant just got traded there, it makes no sense. Um, I, this, the Seahawks are interesting. Like you, There are so many weird teams right now. What are you doing, NFL? Hopefully by the time – that's it for these signings. But hopefully by the time we get to next week's show, we'll have some more information on a bunch of these guys that are still remaining in free agency. Hopefully we have news on Winston and Deshaun Watson and Jimmy Garoppolo and Matt Ryan and Marcus Mariota if he signs somewhere. Maybe Baker Mayfield gets traded. I'm still waiting on my boy Rashad Penny to sign somewhere. Leonard Fournette still has to sign somewhere. Melvin Gordon, Juju, Will Fuller, Odell, Jarvis Landry. So many pickups still left. Uh, Should be a fun show next week if there's any movement in the NFL. Uh, But hit us up on Twitter. I'm your host, Michelle. You can find me at Bob Blastem. Bob Blast, E-M. You can find me, Kate, at FFBallBlast. You can find me, Jake, at Jake Trowbridge with a W. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. That's it for this week's Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave those five-star reviews, and check out ballblastfootball.com for more league-winning advice.